Hello, my name is Ken Peters. I'm one of the pastors at Gateway Church in Winnipeg and longtime friends with Paul and Jessica Martins, your pastors there in Landmark. And uh, I'm also friends with Chris Lerm, who I understand is now attending Landmark Christian Fellowship. That's fantastic. I met Chris in 2016 on a walking track as we both participated in a cardio rehab program. And I'm really grateful to be able to share with you today, uh, even if it has to be this way. Uh, uh, through video uh, in the days of these COVID restrictions. This has been a Christmas like we've never experienced before. 2020 has been quite the year. It's, it's like it's had so many troubles packed into it. It's felt like, you know, like the, the, the troubles of multiple years all packed into one. It's, and it's made the year just seem that much longer for me. I remember I was talking to someone the other day about something that happened in early 2020, and I referred to it as something that happened in early 2019. And they said, no, no, that happened at the beginning of this year. I said, no, it didn't. They said, yes, it did. I said, no, it didn't. They said, yes, it did. And they were right. It had happened at the beginning of 2020, but it seemed so long ago because of so many twists and turns that we'd had to travel and so many troubles we'd had to deal with this year. It's just made the year seem that much longer. And, well, the path that Mary and Joseph took to that very first Christmas in Bethlehem would have also felt full of challenges and full of twists and turns. Uh, the path they took to that first Christmas in Bethlehem was a very crooked path. It, would, it must have taken them off guard because they would have been aware of the great importance of the messages that the angels had told them. So if something were that important, if an all-powerful God had such a big and important plan, then his plan would be, should be accomplished like an arrow heading straight for a target uh, on a straight path. They must have thought when Almighty God sets out to accomplish his, his master plan to do with the Messiah, that that would happen with such great deliberateness that, would, that it would firmly push through every obstacle and that arrow would, would, would be unhindered from reaching its target. And the coming of Jesus was God's master plan, the most important plan of all God's plans for the human race. The coming of Jesus as that little baby represented God's greatest expression of love ever expressed. The coming of Jesus represented how God was going to save us from the power of sin in this world. The coming of Jesus represented how God was going to reunite God's children with our Heavenly Father. The coming of Jesus represented God was, how God was going to reveal His glory to, in the greatest demonstration of His mercy and grace that the world had ever seen. The coming of Jesus represented God's plan with a capital P the master plan of the great creator for uniting God the Father's family with God the Father. It was God's loudest, I love you, than he had ever spoken. I mean, seriously, when the great God who created all things sets his will to do something, how can any created thing, human or otherwise, possibly hinder him? It would be like a fly trying to push that arrow aside as that arrow flew through the air toward its target. I mean, a fly just simply couldn't do that. 
So that's why it strikes me as strange that an all-powerful God's master plan would happen on a road that wasn't smooth and straight. Despite the infinite greatness of, his, of its author and the supreme importance of its objective. And if we know no created being could possibly cause that, that arrow to, to move one way or the other on its way to its target, it must have been God that was causing that arrow to take a crooked path. It was a road that included disappointments for Mary and Joseph. It was a road that included unanswered questions that God never, ever answered for them. And it was a road that must have felt confusing at times while they were on that road. I'm sure there's people at Landmark Christian Fellowship who've seen turmoil or disappointments or or unanswered prayers on the twisty, curvy, crooked roads that we sometimes find ourselves on. And you've probably wondered the same thing Joseph and Mary wondered. Couldn't God have made the path I'm on a little straighter? Well, even though the path to that first Christmas was a crooked one, and our path to this COVID Christmas in 2020 is also very crooked, we can be sure that God wants to use the twists and turns to express how great He is and to express how great His love is for us in the midst of those challenges that create those twists and turns. So this morning I want to share about the crooked path to Christmas. And I want to read from Luke. A man, there was a man named Luke who recorded the Christmas story in great detail. And I want to read just a portion of that story. I'm going to start uh, reading in Luke 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. There were so many twists and turns and, and that, that created such turmoil on that path to that very first Christmas. It started with a pregnancy before marriage, which would have been in those days. I mean, even in these days, that can raise some eyebrows in certain communities. In those days, wow, it would have been a travesty. A marriage about to be called off because of that pregnancy. A marriage plan restored, but amidst the public disapproval of a pregnancy before marriage. Because the public would have still known about that. Then an unwelcome long journey in the last days of Mary's pregnancy. Then a dirty stable is all God reserved for the baby's birth. Then Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus had to flee for their lives to avoid Herod's sinister plot to kill the baby. Then King Herod murdered all the male babies of Bethlehem. That's a part of the first Christmas story. And finally, though all seemed well to return from Egypt, Mary and Joseph were afraid to dwell in Judea because of Herod's relatives. 
So they had to return to Nazareth to live among the people who knew that Jesus had been conceived before marriage. Turmoil, discomfort, fear, tragedy, disruption. In other words, crooked lines. And rather than looking at all those circumstances that I just listed there, I want to talk to you about just two of them. What I'll refer to as a poorly timed summons in the mail. And an example of how much more can I take. We'll start with a poorly timed summons in the mail. Joseph and Mary probably never forgot that day. Mary was in the last month of her pregnancy, likely feeling very uncomfortable. And suddenly, their entire region received a pronouncement from Rome that they must all return to their hometowns immediately for a census. Think of it. In our day, in 2020, the government is telling us we have to stay put in our homes when all of us would rather be out and about visiting each other for Christmas. And in those days, the government was telling they had to get out of their homes and go on a, uh, to, to other towns when Joseph and Mary actually would have rather stayed put in their home. It's, either way, it's the government telling someone to do, what to do that was really actually at cross purposes with their heart's desires. My wife and I couldn't find the timing of the cold red we're in any worse. Just recently, at the very end of October, we had our first grandchild, a grandson. He's our, he's, I mean, we, we were able to hold him briefly before the code red hit. We, we visited a couple times and were able to hold him each time, stayed as long as we could. But then suddenly we were told bubbles shouldn't mix. And of course, my, I don't know, some of you may know, my wife had a kidney transplant and, uh, her immune system is suppressed by the meds she has to take since that kidney transplant. So she takes the, the restrictions very seriously. She knows she's at risk. And so this, the timing of this couldn't be worse. She would dearly love to be holding her grandson. Uh, but she knows she's at risk of picking something up that she could then pass on. And, well, she could also pick something up, up just visiting with her grandson. And so, oh... Bad timing. And the timing couldn't have been worse for Mary and Joseph either. They were told they had to make a 120-kilometer trip to Bethlehem when Mary was nine months pregnant. Now, when we tell the story uh, in traditional uh, sort of ways, we include a donkey. Well, there's no donkey mentioned in the Bible. And we know that Mary and Joseph were quite poor because later we hear the story of when they dedicated Jesus at the temple, um, uh, they brought a dove, which is what the Old Testament allows for poor people to bring because they can't afford anything more. So they were poor. They probably couldn't have afforded a donkey. But they probably wouldn't have wanted to ride one anyway. Have you ever ridden a donkey? I lived in Africa for a year, and I rode a donkey once for uh, some distance. And donkeys... They don't really know how to gallop. They just trot. Most of the time, they just trot. Unless they're panicked, then they might gallop. And either way, you don't want to be on a donkey because the panicked racing is bad and the trotting, you just bounce. And a nine-month pregnant woman doesn't want to bounce. So I expect they walked the 120 kilometers. 
Do you think they wondered why God couldn't have arranged the timing of something so important a little better? But there was no choice in the matter, and it was beyond their control to change it. It was inconvenient, and it was uncomfortable, much like Christmas 2020. But no matter how bad the timing seemed, no matter how difficult the journey was, they eventually realized that God was in it. Because the scriptures actually taught that that God wanted the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 says, But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. The fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem was a part of God's plan. And that that long journey in Mary's nine month of pregnancy was a part of God's plan. No matter how challenging it was, it was still what God intended for them. You know, the fact that being born in Bethlehem was a part of God's plan meant that the awkward, difficult, uncomfortable, and unwelcome journey to Bethlehem was something they were meant to embrace. So that meant that means that just like the exciting fulfillment of prophecies, or just like wonderful answers to prayer, or plans that God calls us to accomplish, or all loving examples of God's will for us, so too are the journeys God chooses to get us there. Because sometimes an answer to prayer doesn't come all that fast along a straight path. Sometimes it's a crooked journey to see God's will for us accomplished, or to see prayers answered or to see prophecies fulfilled. They include twists and turns that we would never choose. It reminds me of when Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt, and he summed up that journey from his home to Egypt with the phrase, God meant it for good. God meant it for good. Something that difficult was God's will for Joseph. And he could say God meant it for good because he knows what the Apostle Paul later declared, that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not even tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or dangers or the sword. Paul listed all those things as things that couldn't separate us from God's love because he knows those are all things that God will include on the path that some of us are on. Some of us will experience distress or dangers. And sometimes that's a part of God's plan. It's a part of the path he puts us on to get us somewhere. Well, we know that Mary was called to a very great purpose. That God was trying to fulfill prophecies in her life through her and that she certainly loved God and her response to being told that she would be having a baby out of wedlock or conceiving a baby out of wedlock was to say, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She embraced the twists and the turns. She embraced the shame that she'd have to uh, endure from the public perception of her. How about you? Have you received a summons in the mail lately? A summons from from the Lord? Something unexpected? 
something un uncomfortable that you're going through, something that feels like a mountain that God has put in front of you, something beyond your control to change, and the timing couldn't be worse, something maybe from an employer or maybe from a doctor or maybe even from a government authority telling us that we all have to stay home in order to stop the community spread of this virus. You know, sometimes government authorities are the best way God has found to get through to me, and I call them the police. Uh, I've had a few tickets in my life, and uh, in, in some of those instances, many of those instances, there's been a few over the years, uh, I've felt the Lord speak to me through those circumstances. One of them happened, oh, we're talking like in the 90s. This was way back in the 90s. I was on my way to a funeral, and I was going down the perimeter. And you know those, those little 80 zones when you're approaching a stoplight on the perimeter and you're supposed to slow down? But I've got my cruise control on. I'm going 100 kilometers an hour. I don't want to turn my cruise control off. And I just keep on going through that 80 zone. Because, hey, it's a green light. What's the problem? And, you know, as we've gone on family holidays to B.C. where my parents live, uh, we've gone through many an 80 zone over the years. And when my wife has um, said to me, oh, Ken, it's an 80 zone. And I've said, ah, that, that doesn't matter. I'm not turning off cruise control. I mean, look, we're in a huge prairie. I can see the traffic if it's coming or not. And like, whatever, I'm just going to do my thing. And she remind me from time to time. And then, and then eventually she stopped reminding me. And this time she wasn't even with me. I was on my way to a funeral and... Suddenly, there was a man standing in front of my car pointing at me, uh, right in the road. And as I got closer, I saw that he was in uniform, and I pulled over. And he came over, and he uh, took my wallet, and he was quite upset. He says, don't you realize this is an 80 zone? I says, ah, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm afraid I did. I'm sorry. And uh, he walks away with my license and registration. And as I'm sitting there saying, God, what, what just happened? Like, well. I don't really need this. And the Lord spoke to me very clear. It was so clear. It's tattooed on my brain and it's come back to me many, many a time. Uh, my wife and I were preparing to go on a trip to India with a missions team as, as uh, helping to lead a short-term mission trip to India. And we were, this is the first time Fiona had come with me. I'd been on short-term mission trips to India before, leading a, a, a team of uh, young adults. But this is the first time Fiona came or was going to come. And as I sat there, waiting for the police officer to come back, I felt the Lord say to me, as clear as day, listen to your wife. It could save your life one day. And I thought about India. I thought, that's why she's coming to India. And I need to learn to listen to my wife. And I can't tell you how many times over the years that little echo has been in my head. Listen to your wife. Listen to your wife. <laughs> Husbands, Listen to your wife. And the policeman came back, and I felt like I'd just taken a marriage course. And this ticket was the price of the marriage course. I was actually quite happy. I said, thank you. He looked a little confused at my, at my cheerfulness as I, because I was so convinced that this was the Lord. The Lord had used a government authority, a twist and a turn, an expensive ticket, to speak something to me. And, and that is, that's how God sometimes speaks. Well, rather than reacting in anger or resentment to the unexpected circumstances of life, take time to allow God to speak to you through them.
because he's fully in control of every circumstance. God is always in control. And if God wants to use all things for good, it's vital that we do three things. Pause. Look. Listen. Pause before we react. Look. Oh, did I say pause, look, listen? Pause, listen, look. Listen carefully to what God is trying to say and look for God's sovereign hand in whatever you're going through. Pause before we react. Listen carefully to what God is trying to say to us and look for God's sovereign hand in whatever you're going through. But now comes the how much more can I take part. Sure, we can handle the occasional twist and turn. Sure, we can handle that a few times. But when finally something happens and we wonder, how much more can I take? That's the real test. When Mary and Joseph finally reached Bethlehem, it was no silent night. They found that the town's only inn uh, was full to the brim. Uh, Bethlehem was a very tiny, tiny settlement. They wouldn't have had lots of inns. And yet the inn that was there was full, and all that was left was an animals stable. At this point, it would have been understandable after that long, long journey for Mary to lose her composure when she discovered that God hadn't bothered to even save a simple room for them. I mean, think about how you'd feel if you drove all the way from Landmark to Winnipeg uh, and couldn't even find a parking space in the mall. Like nowhere. You just couldn't find a parking space in the mall. You had to park somewhere far, far away and walk to the to the mall to buy some Christmas presents, as if that was even allowed these days. I'm a, I'm a model of patience when stuff like that happens to me. I, I'm always extremely patient, uh, not. And, you know, perhaps after a 120-kilometer journey, when an innkeeper tells them there's no vacancy, perhaps they found that a bit difficult to take. They must have wondered, how much more can we take? after this long journey, after the shame of what we endured with this pregnancy before marriage. And I think there are people wondering exactly that in 2020. Many are wondering, what is God up to in all this? What is God doing in all these circumstances that I'm going through or that we're going through? We're not being told, you can't come in, there's no vacancy. We're being told, you can't go out. And it leaves us feeling frustrated and angry and and sad and confused. You name it. it, feel, it can, you can feel any one of those things. If a grandparent feels they can't be with their grandchildren, uh, I, we won't be with our grandson on Christmas morning. And we might be tempted to wonder, how much more, Lord, how much more of this COVID can we take? Remember what we need to do. Pause. Listen. Look. Pause before we react. Listen carefully to what God is trying to say to us. And look for God's sovereign hand in whatever we're going through. What was God up to on that first Christmas that included so many crooked paths? I believe it was something to do with glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. God's glory and our good. Yes, Jesus was born in a stable, which couldn't have been easy for Mary and Joseph. 
But in order to save his people from their sins, Jesus had to lower himself to the lowest place and start his life on earth in the lowest of places, emptying himself of heaven so that he could take on the form of a bondservant. And as a servant among men, he would be a substitute for every sinner when he eventually died on the cross to pay the penalty for all our sins. That is why he needed to be born in a stable. That's God's glory revealed. The grace of God as his son reveals himself in a stable scene. Salvation at last. Good news of great joy. Nothing reveals God's glory like his grace. And his grace was revealed when Jesus emptied himself of everything to show us his love. Um, ultimately showing his love on the cross. Are you dealing with disappointments or frustrations this Christmas in the midst of COVID? How can we truly experience the joy of Christmas when we can't even be together to celebrate? This feels like a very crooked road this Christmas in 2020. But what may feel like a detour from God's plan might actually be a part of God's plan for each one of us. And the right response to such turmoil is trust. An author named John Bloom has written this. Maybe what we need most this Christmas is not less turmoil, but more trust. For God chooses stables of desperation as the birthplaces of his overwhelming grace. If that's true, why would we want to be kept from the kind of challenges that Mary and Joseph faced on that crooked journey into Bethlehem and into that stable? The difficult circumstances that they faced happened to be God's will for their lives. Is that possible for us in 2020? If God is sovereign over circumstances, then it must be possible. God is committed to not only accomplishing his plans through us, but also lovingly accomplishing his, his plans in us as well. And I think he finds crooked lines on the paths of our lives achieve that much better than straight, easy lines. Crooked lines teach us to pause and to listen and to look for God's sovereign hand and what he's trying to accomplish in our lives and to trust him as we persevere amidst resistance. It is only as we respond in this way that we'll truly experience great joy on the crooked path to Christmas the 2020 edition. God bless you.